awesome thought when we really, really look at what that, that song says. He makes his home in me. And I don't know about you, but I know that, you know, as a person, I make lots of mistakes. And I do some things right. I think I do lots of things wrong. But when I think about the fact that God, he places not only his life, but his glory is within each and every one of us. And I'm here today to share with you, yes, what God's been doing in the ministry with Equipping the Saints International, but also I know that the Lord has put a message on my heart for us, each and every one of us, for the body of Christ, that we are in the day and the hour when the world needs to see God's glory. And they're going to see God's glory demonstrated through us. I know that blows our minds because we think, I'm just, you know, a mere human being. Well, that's who God chose to manifest himself through, himself through. And he says in the Word that his strength is made perfect in weakness. And I think that we would all agree that we're pretty weak vessels. But there is a lot going on in this earth right now. And God wants to show himself strong. He wants the kingdom revealed to those who are lost, and he wants to use each and every one of us to do it. As I share this morning about the ministry that God has called me to, I want each of us to realize that, you know, you never have to leave your city to be a missionary. You know, we have a missions field right outside our door, whether we are in high school, in our high schools, or in our workplace, and God wants to show himself strong through you to a people that are hurting and dying. Many times people won't say, hey, I need help, but they're crying out on the inside, hey, I need help. And when they look at our lives and they see some of our lives, the struggles that we have, and yet there's a peace and there is a persistence in continuing on, then they begin to take notice and think, what is it that is helping them through? And we have an open door to begin to share about the Lord. As I've spent the last 11 years of my life, uh, full-time work in Mexico, the past 18 months has been spent only being able to go in and out of the place where my home is, where I love. But I've, I've come to the place where I am at rest and at peace with what God is doing because I know that if I'm obedient to him, I will get the maximum results when I'm able to go. And so as I've spent the last 18 months at times only being able to be at home for three weeks at a time, um, I am seeing some tremendous things happen. And as I'm preparing to go back in the, uh, about the middle of October, I already have a schedule. If I get to stay until now, until Jesus comes back, I have doors open to share the word in so many places. However, I don't know how long I get to stay home. I know that I'm going and I know that at some point the Lord will say you need to get that ticket and come home. Right now in Mexico, the northern half, and especially the city where I live, Monterrey, is still in one of the, the fights of their lives. The people there live in constant fear. As I talked to one of the young men, uh, it's only been about two weeks ago, and he said, Sheila, the military was here at my house today, and they spent about an hour, and, you know, it was really scary. And I said, you know, you ought to look at that as a good thing. I said, they're trying to do their job. They're trying to figure out who is involved with this drug cartel, who is not. And, you know, as Christians, we have a discernment. 
But the military, they, they have a discerning too. And as they're going home to home, they're trying to figure out who in these young men in these colonias are involved. I said, they're going to know. And I said, so just take, take and have peace in that. Yet these people are faced every day with things that is unspeakable. We would not, um, you know, what they're able to print on the newspapers and show on the news, you know, we never see things like this, but these people actually see in the streets things that we would never imagine seeing. Yet God has given me a message to give to them that they are to fear not because he is with them. And they need to understand who he is. So I've got a little bit of a, a slide presentation that's a kind of a different um, way that I want to present it to you today. And it is individuals, people that need to see God's glory living in each one of us. And if we get to the first slide, a scripture recently that... Um, I heard this song that Patrick and the choir just sang some time ago. And the message that God has given me was birthed out of this song, we are the ark of his glory. We contain God's glory. But I was uh, reading the, the, the Bible one day, and this scripture became alive and a part of this message. And it says, for all creation, gazing eagerly as with outstretched neck, is waiting and longing to see the manifestation of the sons of God. What is the manifestation of the sons of God? It is us demonstrating who God is to the people. Whether it is peace that they need or healing that they need or hope that they need or joy, we are the sons of God and the world is waiting to see the manifestation of the sons of God. We need to be different, folks. And we can be. Because we contain not just, we have Jesus Christ in our lives, but we have God's promise that his presence is with us. And he wants to move through us. As you look at these next few slides, I want you just to, to really focus on the people, the faces. Because this, and I believe some of the photos have just captured the eagerly waiting or just basically individuals just consumed with knowing that it's God and God alone that they need. The, the first slide that I have is um, I was in Guatemala. I've been able to travel a little bit more this year because I can't be at home, and the Lord has opened doors to minister in several different places. And everywhere I go, it's the same. When there is a call for ministry, the altars or the street, wherever we were, have been, is always filled with individuals that they are crying out for a touch from God. And as this young man, I believe you just, to, to me, I see an individual that is released and ready to receive. And, you know, we not only need to be the ones that are giving, but at times we need to be like that. We are released and ready to receive all that God has for us. The next slide, this is um, in the same place. It's uh, the indigenous there in Guatemala. Uh, I just, I, I look at people's um, total abandonment to the fact that it's God and God alone that can meet their needs. And that's where we're at. We are looking at things in this world right now that is God and God alone that is going to make a difference. But he has chosen us 
to be the carriers of his glory, the carriers of his power, and to be the ones that touch human lives with the hand of God. He wants to touch people through us. The next slide. As I was, um, this was in Mexico, I was tremendously blessed everywhere that I went this year. I've been able to spend several uh, different trips I've made to Mexico. I was um, recently with Patrick's mom in Peru, and we were able to minister to some uh, pastors from the Amazon jungle, as well as go to the mountains and minister to, you know, church bodies in the Andes. And everywhere I go, individuals just ready. I mean, it's not like they're hoping God's going to do it. There's a faith that I see stirred in the hearts of people that they are reaching out and taking hold of what God says is theirs. And God tells us as the body of Christ that we're to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We are to bind up the brokenhearted. Guys, we have everything that we, that we have need of to get the job done. God's given it to us. And he wants us to make ourselves available and to do what he's called us to do. The next slide. This lady in this um, slide here, I was called to the first city that uh, the Lord said I was to go to. In, it's called Allende. And there's a young man that's worked with me. And when he found out where I was going, he said, Sheila, I can't go with you. I'm too afraid, you know, just there's no way that I can go. He said, you know, I don't think you should go. You know, there's uh, the chief of police has been murdered there. The mayor of the city has been murdered there. And I said, but, you know, this is where God told me to go. And I know that he's told me to go there. And so, you know, that's where I'm going. He said, I'm sorry, I can't go. And I said, well, you know, if you have that much fear, I really understand and I don't want you to go. It wouldn't be good for you to go because the fear that you have, is a powerful force. Faith as we have it is powerful, but folks, if we have fear, it is powerful too, and it can release things on your behalf. And this uh, woman, when I went to this place, she had come up for prayer, and she shared that her daughter had been missing for three years, that she had not heard one word from her. And normally, if you are, you know, you've got loved ones that you haven't heard of, you know, not even that long of a time, Chances are they have been involved with the cartel and they are no longer living. And um, she said, would you pray that I will get word from my daughter? And I began to pray, and, and the Lord had me pray that her daughter would return home. And, you know, of course, your mind, you're going to, you know, battle with things because you're thinking in the natural, okay, she's been going three years, you know. Yet there was just this persistence, Sheila, pray that she will see her daughter again. And I got an email two weeks after I had left Mexico that her daughter returned home. Her daughter was with the cartel, and there's only, you know, there's a way out of the cartel, and that is you die. You are either in one of their shootouts, or they themselves do you in. And um, she was a, a cook in one of the safe houses, which is a house where they keep the kidnapped kidnap victims, and um, she just finally one day broke and just said, I, I, I can't do it anymore. I, I need out of here. And she knew that that probably met her life. And she went to the leader and she said, I want out. And this, the leader just said this, okay, turn around and walk out. And she was thinking, oh, there's going to be a bullet in my head. You know, I've seen too much, heard too many stories. And yet she turned around and walked out. That's the hand of God. The hand of God in answering the prayers of this mother. 
God is at work, and he is waiting for people to yield themselves and be where he wants them to be so he can minister what he needs to minister. On this next slide, I just want you to look at the child. There's a little girl there. She's not the one receiving prayer, but I see her looking like just, you know, with that expectation. And as children of God, we need to have that same kind of expectation that we know our daddy is going to do what we have need of. And right now, he wants his church to rise up triumphant and demonstrate who he is to the world. We are just these bodies, but we contain the most powerful thing that will ever be, and that is God's presence, able to change things that seem unchangeable. The next slide. This is in Peru, and uh, we had a pastor's conference there, and this pastor was from a place, San Pablo, about two and a half days he spent on the river in a little tiny dugout boat trying to get to this conference, and these pastors were so appreciative of I mean, they spent three days and just, you know, session after session receiving the Word of God, and they were talking about how much they received, and um, I also, through Equipping the Saints, I was able to provide them with books in their language and uh, a bag of, you know, several different books that would be able to help them further. But this pastor began to share what was going on in his jungle village. And when I say jungle, I mean jungle. I mean getting off the beaten path and going way deep into the jungle and uh, he said, what we are experiencing right now is cartel involvement. We are experiencing drug abuse. We are experiencing murders. We are experiencing prostitution. He said, how did all this find its way to our little place in the jungle? The darkness is spreading throughout the earth, but the word tells us that when the darkness begins to increase, the light is going to increase even greater. We are the light bearers. We're the light carriers, and we are to be carrying that light. And these pastors were like, it was a, just for me, just a breath of fresh air to see them just coming and drawing all that they could draw. And as it always goes, you don't give them as much as they give back to you. I mean, I received so much just from these pastors and their hunger for the things of God. Next slide. The children, as we ministered, wherever we've ministered this year, um, I've been able to be in um, Guatemala and Mexico, went to the White Earth Indian Reservation in Minnesota, um, was able to be at Church Triumphant's Kids Camp, and children are hungry to see the things of God active, active in their lives. Salvations, just, I mean, 20, 30 kids, every meeting we've had, coming to the Lord. And so we don't need to um, just basically look and say, okay, what, you know, adult needs or help. The children, they are looking to and wanting to see God and his hand at work in, in their lives. Next slide. This is a dear friend of mine, and um, I was getting ready to leave Mexico in June, and her son, Limon, came to me and said, Sheila, can you come pray for mom? She's not been able to walk. She's, um, you know, basically bedridden. I, I can get her up and walk her over to a chair, and that's where she sits all day long. And so I went and prayed with Maria, and at the end of the little two-minute prayer, you know, and I just, you know, it's not me who does anything. It's God working through me, and she just looked up into my eyes, stood up, and began to walk in her living room and her kitchen and her bedroom, because it's all the same, <laughs> and she just be weeping, 
thanking the Lord because he healed her right then and there on the spot. God is doing this again and again and again and again and again, and he's just waiting for people that are yielded and saying, God, I believe that you said we are to do this, and we're going to see these things happen. Next slide. People, I just see yieldedness. I see receiving. Next slide. Little children, I think that some of us need to just kind of get back to where we have that kind of a faith, you know. You tell a little child something, they believe it, and they even act on it. And God is wanting us as his children just to trust him, believe his word, take him at his word. Next slide. This woman here, they're at a church in Mexico, and it was actually the second place that I went, and I couldn't get the young man to go with me there either because, once again, he's like, there's way too much violence there. Left him behind again. Every place we went, there was miracles. This young woman here um, in the blue shirt had recently been in a bus. She had been on a bus for the cartel, and they just literally board buses and begin shooting people. They take young men that are between the ages of 16 and 25 and say, you're going to work for us. And this young woman actually led two people to the Lord as they died in her arms. And I got to talk with her after the service, and, and she was sharing her story. And I began to tell her one of the things that I really had on my heart to do when I come back to Mexico is, um, you know, right now we have like a food bank set up with one of the Christian grocers, and I'm able to send money on a monthly basis. But when I get there, I want to go to the hospitals and take food and drinks there because when you go to a hospital in Mexico, there may be 200, 300 people just laying around on the ground. They've been there for days. they got their families and just waiting to hear word about their loved ones. And uh, many times they have no food. They have no way to get anything to eat. And so I wanted to set up a thing where we do a weekly basis of going several times a week with sandwiches and drinks. And this girl's eyes lit up, and that's the same thing that she's been having on her heart. And so we're going to team up together. And uh, her church is a pretty good-sized church, and we're going to try to arrange to have this done in several of the metropolitan um, hospitals in that area. So pray for us, because that is also, it's very dangerous, because right now in Monterrey, there are shootouts on a daily basis. The military is in the street. Um, and what they're doing a lot of times is the cartel, when they have a shootout and theirs are injured or dead, they always take the bodies with them because if not, the bodies are used as uh, kind of like a terrorist thing to put fear in, in people's lives by doing horrible things to them. Or if they are shot and not killed. They're taken to the hospitals. The actual cartels are going into hospitals right now and, you know, finishing the job or, you know, kind of retrieving their people, sometimes kidnapping hospital staff. So the hospitals literally have become part of this war zone. Things, things are going on right now that I never would have dreamed you know, would be happening. Monterey was always just the people that's been there. Uh, you know, they've said, this place is so awesome. It's so peaceful. But it changed 18 months ago, and it has been just a literal war zone since then. So we're going to be doing some ministry together um, in the hospitals. Next slide. This lady was an older lady that as we were in Guatemala, we did an outreach, three-day outreach, and she just kind of sat like that every day, you know, and I just thought, well, you know, 
seems to be getting through to a lot of people, but not getting through to her. And on the third day, she, she received the Lord. But, you know, you can't go by what you see a lot of times. If you go by what you see, sometimes you're sharing about the Lord, and you're all excited, and you're telling what God can do, and you look at that individual, and they're just kind of, don't go by what you're seeing. You know, don't let that beat you down to not say anything, you know. Be available, be used of God, and know that he's going to do what he's going to do. I found one of the most amazing places to minister is Walmart. You know, I love to shop at Walmart, but you know what? I went in, you know, and I just go and sit on the bench. People always have to sit down and take a break. And they normally start out like this. Man, it's really rough. Or, you know, I feel so bad, you know, and I was, well, do you mind if I pray for you? And you know what? People are letting me pray for them right on the spot. I've had people weep. I've had people look at me like she's weird, um, you know, but I've never had anybody tell me no. So, guys, you know, you don't have to go to Peru or Guatemala or Mexico. You know, you can go to Walmart, and there's ministry to be done there. Um, I'm going to hold on that um, last slide and just... Really quickly, I want to share with you the heart of the message that God has given me, and it went along with the song that Patrick and the choir sang on We Are the Ark of God's Glory. As God began to really speak to my heart about this message, I was reminded of Jesus' words when he told his disciples, he said, abide in me and I will abide in you. If you look at that word abide, that means to dwell. And as I went and checked a little bit further, that word to dwell means to tabernacle. And when that word you know, was quickened in my spirit, I began to think about the tabernacle of Moses, the tabernacle of David. And there was one thing in the tabernacle that caught my attention, and that was the Ark of the Covenant. The mercy seat of God was above the Ark of the Covenant, and God's presence would come and rest upon the mercy seat. God began to stir in my heart that we are the ark. And he doesn't just come and a little bit, you know, there's this little hovery cloud, you know, floating over us and going everywhere we go. No, he dwells within us. His power, his personality, all that he is, he's placed within us, human beings. And he has something for each one of us to do. I looked at the, kind of took a journey with the ark to see what all happened. And as I saw the, kind of like the pilgrimage of the ark, there was one point when the ark of the covenant was kidnapped, taken, and it was put into the camp of the Philistines, and they put it in their temple. They put it right beside one of their gods, Dagon. They came into their temple the next day, and Dagon was face down in the dirt. Now, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm assuming this little statue wasn't just something about my height, you know. I mean, I think it was probably pretty huge and pretty solid rock. And, and so they were really concerned that, you know, here they are, they have their God, and he's face down in the dirt, and they put him back up, and they come back in the next day, and terror was on all of them because not only was the statue down, but the head was severed, the hands were severed, meaning no power, no authority. And at that moment, the Philistines knew they needed to get the Ark of the Covenant out of there. They didn't need it there. And they were stricken with tumors. There was bad things happening to them, so they had to get it out of their possession. Folks, if we are the Ark of the Covenant, doesn't matter what the devil's doing. I, I go into Mexico with great peace. 
Number one, in obedience, I follow when God tells me, and I know who I am in Christ. I know what he's promised me. There's no fear. I have the power and authority. When we're in the enemy's camp, it needs to be us making the enemy nervous. It needs to be the power of God within us that causes the enemy to realize that they can't do, he, can't, he cannot accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So the Philistines, they get rid of the ark, and the ark is in the house of Abinadab for 20 years. His son Eliezer is the priest, and they take care and do what they're supposed to with the ark. And then one day, David, King David, you know, he's got this desire to bring the ark of God back into Jerusalem. And he makes a cart, a really nice cart, made by, you know, the hands of the men that he selected, and he had oxen selected to carry the ark. But God was very specific when the ark was made, and it was very specific on how it was to be carried. The ark of God's covenant, the place where his presence rested, was never to be carried, never, was never to be carried by anything made by man's hands. It was to be carried by the priests. And as I looked at that, a scripture in Revelation was quickened to me that we are kings and priests. So we have the right to carry God's presence because we are the kings and priests that he's called us to be. So David had this cart made, and you know the story as the oxen are you know, carrying the cart along. They stumble. Uzzah tries to steady it, and he's struck dead right then and there. David, number one, was afraid, but he was also angry. It's like, how can we get the ark back? And he just, you know, at that point stopped, and he let it go to the house of Obed-Edom. You read about the ark being there in the house of Obed-Edom. It was there for three months, and during that three months' time, it said the house of Obed-Edom prospered. They were in health, and all was well for them. In the enemy camp, the ark wreaked havoc. We should be doing the same. In a house of a godly man, there should be blessing. We can expect the same. We are the ark. We contain. This is God's habitation. These weak vessels that we are, God wants to dwell within us and work through us. So David, he saw that, you know, okay, we're going to bring the ark back into Jerusalem, and we see the blessings that were there. If you'll turn on the scripture that God then showed me a scripture in 2 Corinthians, and it just confirmed that as God was giving me this message that we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Earthen vessels, that's what we are. And everything that happens to God's glory is not because of who we are or what we are or who we know other than it's God and he decides that he's going to work through his people. My question is, are we yielded and really to that place where we're looking every day for ways in which God can express who he is through us? He's waiting for a people that is unashamed and willing to be his hands, to be his feet, to be his mouth. And you don't have to leave Ohio. You don't have to leave Ross County. You don't have to leave, you know, there are needs all around us. And the earthen vessels, as I was really looking at that, I was reminded of Gideon. And you know, when he went against the army and God whittled his army down to 300 and he was told to 
put a trumpet in each man's hand and an earthen vessel with a torch in their other hand. And at the sound that God would give them, blow the trumpet, break the earthen vessel, and the lights would shine forth, and it caused complete confusion. That's what God wants for us, the brokenness of these earthen vessels that his light and his glory shines forth. Many times we don't understand why we go through the things that we go through, but if we would understand that he's with us every step of the way and he's going to get us to the other side and how we act in the, tri in the trials is going to really be a ministry tool to others around. They're going to see somebody with a different attitude in the midst of hardship, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of hopeless situations. God wants his light, his glory to shine forth. I have one last scripture, and if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Philippians 2. Um, I believe it's verse 5, and I want to read this with you because sometimes people kind of, you know, you hear stuff like this, and you get kind of like the attitude of, you know, well, who does she think she is, or, you know, that's kind of prideful on my behalf. Um, we need to know who we are in Christ, and we need to know that everything God's called us to do, he's given us the ability to do it. In Philippians 2, verse 5, it says that, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus Christ, God, he didn't think it was too much to think he was equal with God. But it says he made himself of no reputation. And that's what God wants out of us. He wants us to realize who we are, who dwells within us, the power that is within us, and we can release that. And it's going to take obedience on our part, sacrifice on our part, because many times we don't want to do what it takes to get the word out there. And that is maybe not doing what we wanted to do today, but listening to that small, still voice that says, go do this, go, go call this person, go to your neighbor that can't stand you and do something for them that's going to break down that barrier. Folks, the world is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Are we going to be different? Are we going to show the difference through the life of Jesus Christ in our lives? As I get ready to go back home, I am excited to know that many opportunities await me to share the gospel. I'm going to have to listen to the Lord and know that I can't do everything that's before me, but the things that God has called me to do, I can do. We can't do it all. But we can do what God says we can do. We can be obedient and do, sometimes it's even the smallest of things has the biggest results. So I want you to think about who you are in Christ, what you have before you, and how God can manifest his glory in your life because he's no respect.
character of persons, what he's doing in the lives of many of his people in this hour, he wants to do in the lives of every one of us. He wants to touch mankind with hope, healing, deliverance. I'm excited for Pastor Aaron to begin to get into his messages on the Holy Spirit because we need the direction of the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. People's lives are depending on it. And may you be right where God wants you to be every minute of every day. And when you mess up, just get up and start all over again. That's all we can do. Can we stand to our feet? I want to ask if there's um, anybody here today that you might think, well, all that's kind of good and dandy, but I don't even know the Lord. I don't really even understand a lot of what you're saying. If you're here today and you've never said, Jesus Christ, I need you. My life has been led the way I've wanted to lead it for a long time and got me nothing but problems, but I need you. And I just invite you to come forward today and just say, God, here I am. Come into my life. If you're here and you know that God has been dealing with you to release a lot of things into his hands because he's able to take care of it. And he wants to use you with your family members, with your, your friends at school, whatever. And you just need a little bit of extra prayer support. I want you to be sure and come forward. And, and I know that there are leaders that um, can you come up this time. And, and I'm just going to close in prayer. And if you are here and have any kind of prayer need, I want you just to come forward and receive what God has for you today. Father, we just thank you and praise you that, Lord, your arm is not shortened, that it cannot save, Father God. Lord, you desire, Father, you desire that each one of us fulfill the calling you've placed upon us. You hear us, Father, when we cry. And, Lord, I just ask right now that you just strengthen each one of us this day and give us a resolve, Father God, to continue serving you and being yielded and just being used in the way that you want to use us. Now, Father, I just ask if there's anyone here that they've not said yes to you and they've not changed their life, Father, that they would just this day yield themselves completely and allow you to come in fully and change their lives forever. And Father, I, I thank you for your servants, Lord God. Many have been on the battlefield a long time. And, and Father, I pray today that you would strengthen each and every one with a resolve that they are going to go forward and serve you completely in every way that you have desired and designed. We thank you, Father, and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.